<clears throat> toxic adjective definition very harmful or unpleasant in a pervasive or unpleasant way can be applied to people relationships and or work environments urban dictionary adjective used to describe usually very negative people that bitch about everything spread unnecessary hate or just talk shit about others yeah that's not me and what about all those girls that you played huh you know all those hearts that you broke i didn't i didn't break no hearts they just took the breakups hard and people grow apart and that's heartbreaking sometimes what about the time that you ghosted that girl because she didn't look like her pictures yo chill or the time that you had a girl drive a whole hour and 30 minutes to see you just to smash and then send her back home hey you are wild or 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 the time that you let a girl on for a whole year and then slept with your ex because she hung up on you hey yo yo do the hey do the intro do the intro Get that man out of here. All right. Now, the word toxic has surfaced my timeline for many moons, and I don't know if it's being used in the proper context. Last time I checked, toxic was used to describe abusive relationships, but it somehow has been used to describe music, environments, and people. Maybe I'm just misinformed on the extensiveness of the word, but... We're gonna get down to the bottom of this and the best way we can tackle this is by taking it way back to the beginning the word toxic was popularized in the 1980s particularly with self-help books and skyrocketed after the song in 2003 see but in this song britney spears was talking about being so attracted to a guy that everything he does to her is almost intoxicating because she can't get enough of him right which is completely different from how we use the word in 2022 toxic resurfaced around 2019 when people started to overuse it to describe their past relationships almost every woman i have ever talked to about their exes has used the word toxic to describe the relationship. I don't ask for them to elaborate because it's really none of my business. But as the trap poet himself, (laughs) Nevadius Wilburn, once said, it takes two to make a relationship toxic. Men aren't the only reason why a relationship is toxic. Now, if he out here physically and verbally abusing you and manipulating your life, then by all means, slap him with that toxic label. But if he just not replying to your text, not giving you the attention that you need, or not giving you the appreciation that you want, then I'm gonna need you to pump your brakes a little bit here. Just call it what it is and say the actual reasons why you guys didn't work out. It's almost become the norm for women to label men as toxic. 
gaslighters and narcissistic just because the man wasn't giving her what she wanted from him. Baby girl, just say he didn't know how to love you properly. Now, there is one group of men that I will admit contribute to the stigma of toxic men, and they are the fuckboys. Now, if you don't know what a fuckboy is, it's basically a guy who's looking to fill his rotation of girls he has individual intimate connections with. Some men keep this rotation for their ego, and some keep this rotation just to see what girl is worth being in a relationship with. If you're confused on how a man could do this, just think of the male version of a woman in her quote-unquote hoe phase. That's right. The fuckboy phase is the same as the hoe phase, and everyone goes through it at some point in their life, mostly in your early 20s. Fuckboys kind of fit in the same group as the nice guys. The nice guy is the dude that barrages you with compliments, gifts, and good deeds, all in hopes of you noticing and rewarding him. You've seen this person in movies before. Think uh, Anthony Michael Hall in the movie 16 Candles, Ross from the show Friends, or ladies, just any guy who's been trying to get at you and showering you with good deeds and gifts, even after you've made it clear that you don't want him. I'm sure you refer to them as simps. See, nice guys aren't that different from fuckboys. Think of them as two sides of the same coin. One just has more game than the other. In my 24 years of life, I played the roles of the nice guy and the fuckboy at different points in my life. From the age of 13 to 17, I was the purification of a nice guy. I was carrying books, buying gifts, and giving compliments left and right to all the girls who I had crushes on, but didn't have crushes on me. See, I blame Drake. This man filled my mind with lyrics like Waiting on you for so long Too many days since January I'm still sitting here alone We should have did this already Said I got an email today Kinda thought that you forgot about me but I wanna hit you back to say just like you, I get lonely. Or, uh, say my name, say my name. Cause those other men are practice. And this ain't no time for acting. And this ain't no time for games. And this ain't no time for uncertainty. And this ain't no time for locking your phone and not coming home and starting some shit when I'm in a zone. And of course, we can't forget. I better find your loving. I better find your heart. I better find your loving. I better find your heart. I better find your love. I better find your heart. I better find your heart. I better find your heart. I better when it came to dating, all women talked about was how all guys are players and assholes. So, I thought if I was the opposite, I would stand out and get any girl that I wanted. Nope. I was getting curved left and right by all the girls. And on top of this, all the fellas thought I was soft just for showing my emotions and being nice. You always hear the saying, nice guys finish last. Nope. I say losers sign up for races that they aren't even qualified for. If a girl isn't feeling you, don't bother trying to change her mind. I realized this once I started college. I was done chasing. It was time for me to attract. 
which led to me going into my fuckboy phase. Instead of choosing girls who I could see myself in a relationship with, I just had a plethora of girls who were feeling me, but I didn't want a relationship with them. I had a rotation of girls who I would text or kick it with depending on the time of the week. I had a girl for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Shoot, I even had a girl for the weekend. I operated on a bottom chick rotation theory. Allow me to explain. Now, before I continue, let me just remind you that this is how I thought five, six plus years ago, back when I was a freshman in college. It's not how I think anymore. I don't use this method anymore. I'm done with my player ways. Now, allow me to explain what it is. See, when operating on a bottom chick rotation, it doesn't matter if you got five girls or 50 girls. You always keep a bottom chick. That's the girl that's going to be there for you through the good times and the bad, the ups and the downs, the sunshine and the thunderstorms. And if it ever came down to it, she'd probably even kill for you. Now, for all the other girls on the roster, we just going to call them regular chicks. A few typical regular chicks that a man may include are, but not limited to, the following. The mature chick. She probably got a good job, good credit score, good education, but she got a man or a baby. Either way, she's not capable of holding down that bottom chick role. Next is the young chick. The young chick, she probably in college, got a nice face, body, but intellectually, she's still young-minded, can't hold a conversation, and in many cases can show to be very immature. Next is the crazy chick. Now, no man wakes up in the morning and says, You know what? I think I want to run into a crazy chick today. We don't know she's crazy until eight months later you wake up to a knife to your testicles because you watched the rest of Squid Games without her. <sighs> Last, we have the freak. The freak is down for whatever, with whoever. Nice body, beautiful face, but she was too easy to get. All you had to do was give her a little bit of attention and she was ready to give it up. Now, if that's all it took to get her, what makes you think she's not doing the same thing for every other guy who tries to holla at her? Put all this together and you got a solid starting five lineup. Young chick, mature chick, crazy chick, freak, and at the bottom is, of course, the bottom chick. The reason why you want your most valuable player at the bottom chick position is because she is the foundation when all other girls fall through. If you lose any of your regular chicks, you can always fall back on your bottom chick to hold you down. Now, I know, I know, I know it's a disgusting mindset to have, but don't worry, I'm not done yet. Before stacking this roster together, you need to know how to get potential prospects. So with that being said, allow me to direct you to YouTuber Mr. Hot Damn I Rock video titled Alphas and pack. So this one girl asked me, how come guys like easy women? Why does anyone like easy anything, motherfucker? What kind of question is that? Uh. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that it's probably a lot of bitches out there wondering the same thing. So allow me to explain to you the way men hunt. 
The first thing you need to understand is that the term easy does not apply to pussy. Contrary to popular belief, the idea of some easy fucking don't exist for guys. Even the niggas that pay for sex, the pussy still ain't easy because the money had to come from somewhere. It's always some level of work involved. We just trying to figure out how much of it we gotta actually do. What easy really means is easy to approach, easy to talk to, easy to get close to, easy to fucking manipulate. Easy is just a general term that can mean multiple things, but pussy definitely ain't included. But the best way to get easy is usually to fuck with a bitch with problems. Vulnerable, sad, depressed, weak-minded, daddy issues, low self-esteem, no confidence, recently broken up with, etc, etc. The reason we smell blood anytime we around these type of bitches is because we are predators. When animals in nature hunt, what do they go after? The slow, the old, the weak, the young? Lions in nature don't get the and go, today we are gonna go out and catch the biggest, baddest, strongest buffalo in the motherfucking field. Do you know why? Because we got some shit to prove. Everybody put your hands and get this motherfucker on three. Ready? Hey, put your hand in, nigga. One, two, three. Let's get this motherfucker. He don't know who he fucking with. Lions don't do that. They go after the easy kill, and nobody calls the lion a fucking asshole for it. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes we do go after the big buffalo, but just like lions, we ain't about to attack that motherfucker unless we know we can take it down. Pussy is only worth whatever you're willing to give up to get it. And in every situation, the thing that we have to give up is time. So if you got the time and the patience to take down a big buffalo, invite it in the neck, nigga, take it. But the way that I look at it, the apple at the top of the tree don't taste no better than the motherfuckers hanging at the bottom. Now, even though I take full advantage of a bitch in her weakest moment, I don't believe in keeping girls weak. Blind? A little bit. But that's only for our own safety. But as far as that weak shit goes, it's only so much of that sad, depressed, the world hate me bullshit that I can listen to before I'm looking at a bitch like, hey, look, you need a man to fuck up. My job as a lion is to teach a bitch how to maneuver through a pack. I'm out here on some Mufasa shit. Now, keep in mind, you are still prey. But if ever you and I stop fucking with each other, you'll only get caught by alphas from now on. You won't be out here fucking with these regular-ass pack niggas. So, fellas, if your girl is still as weak-minded as the day that you scooped her little ass up, then you, my friend, are a motherfucking pack nigga. Because your bitch is a reflection of the way that you've been raising her. Make sure you quote me on that. I know y'all probably think I'm a whole heathen for adding that audio. But let me remind you, I was a young boy when I had this mindset. I have grown since then. As 1 Corinthians 13 verse 11 states, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away those childish things. Now back to my story. After some time, I lost all the girls on my roster, and they all expressed the same thing. Wanted a relationship, and I wasn't willing to give it to them, so they cut off all connections with me. Blocked me from Instagram, Facebook, Apple Music, even Venmo. One by one, they were dropping like flies, and I can't blame them. I didn't want anything serious and thought I could just keep them in my back pocket for whenever I wanted them. Any woman who respects herself and knows what she wants would make the conscious decision to leave a situation that isn't serving them, so I can't even blame them, like I said. 
After my bottom chick left, I was ready to retire from the game. Juggling multiple women at once is stressful, yo. I wasn't built to be a player. After 10 years of chasing and juggling women, I decided to work on myself and figure out why it is that I feel like I need a woman to make me feel full. You already guessed it. You know where I'm going with next. Therapy. Talking to my therapist, I found that as men, society has based our worth on two things. How many women we could get and how much money we can make. So we grew up with this mentality and this feeling that we aren't succeeding in life if we don't have those two cups filled. And in doing so, we try to get as many girls as we can to fill our ego. Add trust issues, mommy issues, and commitment issues on top of all of this, and you get a recipe for disaster. It's easy to call someone toxic, but what if they're just dealing with traumas from their past that they just don't know how to deal with? Or worse, what if they just don't even know that it's affecting them in the first place? Looking back now, I didn't know what it was supposed to be. And, and it's like raising kids, man. If you weren't raised, you don't know how to raise, you know? I just did the best thing I could with them because they know fucking well I love them. But I did do the best I could. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I didn't. I will never forget watching my mother get put in a straitjacket and taken out of my home when I was only seven years old. She was diagnosed with dementia precox and put in a mental institution, leaving my daddy along with me and my little brother Lloyd. I later had an evil stepmother who further cemented the idea that I didn't need a mother. Growing up without one had long-lasting efforts I didn't fully understand until much later in life. It bled into my relationship with family and those I had become romantically involved with. Whenever I got too close to the woman, I would cut her off. Part of that was vindictive and partially based on fear. But it was also totally subconscious. Looking back is a bitch, isn't it? Toxicity in a relationship, friendship, or workplace isn't a result of people just being genuine assholes. It's a result of people's traumas and pain from their past. No matter if you're a man or woman, if you grew up with unhealed emotional wounds from your exes, friends, or parents, it will follow you wherever you go. It's easy for us to bury our pain in songs from artists like Future or Summer Walker. But all that does is glamorize our pain. I used to think I could never be affected by anyone. I could never get affected by someone's toxicity, negative energy. I thought I could spot all the signs and I could separate myself from anyone who would ever affect my natural flow and state of life. Anyone who could possibly affect my energy. I thought I could separate myself from all of them. Until I met this girl. Who y'all talking to, man? It was the summer of 2018. I was taking classes at a community college, and there was one class that I really needed the credits for. It was this public speaking course, and that's when I met her. 
for the sake of privacy, let's just call her Kia. Her hair was in an Afro ponytail, brown skin, and 5'5 with brown eyes. She had caught my eye the day that I met her. She had a cool laid back vibe, nice sense of humor, and amazing taste in music. After a month of small talk after class, I just had to ask her out. I was tired of wondering who this girl is, and it was time for me to really find out who she is outside of class. I took Kia out on a dinner date in a movie, and she met all my expectations. I was ready to make her my girl right then and there. However, even though she told me that she was feeling me too, she wasn't looking for a relationship. But she was okay with being, quote unquote, just friends. <laughs> so after four months of us getting physical in the backseat of my car, I was okay with being just friends. I was perfectly fine with her not mentioning me to her friends, only hanging out with me like once a month, telling me to hold my breath when her parents called, even though I was not fine with doing all of that. But I just took that position as the sneaky link because I just wanted to be around her. The only reason I was okay with doing all this is because I didn't get to see her every day. I didn't get to see her every week. So those moments that we did spend together, I just treated them like it was everything. Any time that I spent with her was worth it to me. As I got older, I saw that her lack of faith in relationships had to do with her parents' marriage. She could tell her, like, she could tell her mother was, she could just tell that her mother wasn't happy in her parents' relationship. And she didn't want the same thing for herself. So she kept me at a distance. Kia tried cutting me off multiple times, four times to be exact. And all those times that she cut me off, I just kept running back, kept crawling back. Thought I could move on, but nope, just kept coming back. <laughs> Eventually, I had to accept the fact that she just didn't want me, and it was time for me to move on. I had so much anger towards her that I never took the time to ask myself, is her not wanting me the problem, or is me feeling like I need her the problem? Instead of finding the answer, I thought I could just move on to a new girl and get over it. But guess what? I just ended up treating that new girl the same way that Kia treated me. The new girl was an ideal girlfriend. I didn't want a relationship with her, though, so I just strung her along for a year and a half. And instead of being straight up with her and just keeping things platonic, I kept letting her believe that we could be something more. <sighs> then after some time, she eventually ended up cutting things off of me. Told me I was toxic, a gaslighter, the whole nine. She told me that she was done accepting the bare minimum. She didn't want to accept the bare minimum from someone who doesn't see her as anything more than just a body. All the things that I should have said to Kia. All right, let's wrap this up with the final word. Energy is not created, nor is it destroyed. It is merely transferred from one place to another. So the next time you call someone or something toxic, take the time to ask yourself the question, 
why. Sometimes people are fighting with their demons on the inside, and from the outside, we assume their actions are representations of who they truly are. At the end of the day, it is your choice to stick around to support them through this fight or to leave them to fight this battle by themselves. But whatever choice you make, it's not going to affect the outcome. But just remember, we all have or do something that others perceive as toxic. So before you start labeling people, make sure all those skeletons in your closet aren't calling your name.